Good morning, church. Today we're going to be reading Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 to 20. Then Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. He answered them, And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, Honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or his mother, what you would have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God, you hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And he called the people to him and said to them, Hear and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. Then the disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? He answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up. Let them alone, they are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, explain the parable to us. And he said, are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. God bless this reading. Father, I just give thanks to you for... Um, all the blessings that each of us can point to in our lives. I know, Father, that uh, there's a lot of anxious hearts in here, worried about everyday concerns in their own lives and, and worried about people they know and love, Father, that uh, may be battling with their own obstacles father i think of all the health concerns we have jared in his situation um, lauren and logan dealing with kidney stones randy with cancer chris sutton with cancer i'm sure there's many being left unsaid father but i know people are lifting them up in prayer i pray father that each of us can uh, lay our anxieties at your feet and uh, have full confidence, Father, that it's all part of your perfect will. I just uh, pray, Lord, that we have uh, ears to hear and hearts to uh, 
receive what Jack, Jackie's teaching will be on these scriptures we read today. And I just give you thanks for all our blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. And the church, the, the, kill, the children are dismissed for their church. So we come to Matthew chapter 15 and we, we, I guess whenever I study the scripture, I always ask, there's several questions I ask. One of them when I go through the gospels is Matthew could have told us anything, but he told us this and he had a purpose behind telling us this. There are things that he wants us to comprehend uh, from the story that he lays out for us. And John told us if everything Jesus had done had been written down, we wouldn't be able to contain all the stories. So we know there was a plethora of stories he could choose from, but this one <clears throat> is a common problem for you and I. How is it that we are unclean? Now, most of the time, we don't have a problem figuring out how someone else is unclean, right? We look at him and we say, well, he did this or he does that or he, oh, I can't believe, did you hear what he said or where he was? Oh, my goodness, or what he did while he was there. And just like the scribes and the Pharisees, we make the same errors they do. And we assume that what is defiling a man is coming from outside of him. What defiles a man does not come from outside. It comes from inside. I think it was Flip Wilson that used to say, the devil made me do it, wasn't it? You guys remember? Is there people as old as me out here? And that was a problem because we actually think that it's the devil making us do it. So let me help you. The devil's way too busy for you. Or me. He's got other things to worry about. He can't be everywhere. He's not uh, omniscient. He's not all present. He is not the opposite of God. He is uh, a small servant of God who rebelled against God. So it's not, those things are not, the idea is not that there, there's apples and apples there. Devil is not making you do anything. Your problem is your nature. And you have a fallen nature. Before you come to Christ and are redeemed by Christ, your nature is fallen. So you want sin. That's what you want. Now, you may look at another sin or another thing someone does as much worse than what you do. We often do that. But, and I'm not trying to say all sin is the same, but it's all sin. And when we, when we recognize that the drive to sin, to rebel, is inside of us, we'll stop with all the stuff on the outside. Now, this is a shocking statement for Peter. We're going to say, see, Peter has a problem. Peter has such a problem with this one that, that Jesus shares with him that later on Jesus is going to give him a dream of a sheet coming down out of heaven. You remember? 
Peter, arise, kill, and eat. No, Lord. It just seems wrong. If Jesus is your Lord, your answer is not ever able to be no. No, Lord. Our answer is, here am I. Send me, right? Isn't that what Isaiah said? The Bible tells us in the year that King Uzziah died, Uzziah was this great hero of the people, and everybody was constantly looking at Uzziah, but then Uzziah was taken out of the way. It says in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. This train filled the temple. And for the first time in Isaiah's career, he said what? Woe is me. Jesus is, is expressing to the religious people all the time that what is necessary for justification is to beat your breast before God and plead for mercy. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Not to exalt your, your pedigree, whatever you think you have that you're bringing to the table for the Lord. In the example of the two prayers, we remember the story, right? One said, thank you, Lord, I'm not like all these other dirty people. And the other one was one of the dirty people, and he just said, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus said, that man left justified. That's an important statement. We struggle with this concept of what is it that makes us unclean. And we've talked about the reality that for them, at the time of Christ, this was a big deal. Because if you touched a leper, what happened to you? You became unclean. But if Jesus touched the leper, what happened? He became clean. You get, the, you get the struggle? So they're struggling with this idea of what is, what is hampering, uh, what is really hampering me. We all have these excuses. You know, it's, it's all these other things in my life that make me like I am. Let me, let me save you a little bit of money on your uh, psychotherapy it's sin. It's sin. Now, I'm not saying you may not need someone to talk to. Please, if you do, do talk to someone. But it comes down to sin. Nobody made you do anything. Life is full of choices. Our responsibility is to make good ones. When we make bad ones, it's my fault. And I own that before God. I confess it before him, and he makes me clean. Amen? We confess our sins. He's faithful and just to Forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when in John chapter 13, I just, want, I just want us to kind of understand the concept. John chapter 13, Jesus did an amazing thing, right? He had all the disciples gathered. They're getting ready to partake in the Last Supper, or they actually just finished the Last Supper. And Jesus got up and he wrapped a towel around himself and he took a basin of water. And he went disciple, 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 washing their feet. If you've ever been a part of a foot washing uh, ceremony, it is the most humbling thing you can ever do. Not the washing the feet, letting someone wash your feet. And when they come to Peter, Peter says to Jesus, no, again, right, with the no Lord. No, you're not washing my feet, which is really just pride. And Jesus says to Peter, unless I wash your feet, I have nothing to do with you. So then Peter says, well, then wash all of me. And Jesus says, you don't need all of you washed, just your feet. 
Sometimes we go through life, we need our feet washed by our Lord. That's why we confess our sin. Has he, has he redeemed us? Has he forgiven us through the blood of Christ? For sure. But we need to get that dirt off our feet. Jesus is still washing our feet today. Every day, moment by moment. And he wants us to do that for one another. That's what happens when you forgive your brother his trespass against you. You're washing his feet. And sometimes we just need to get a basin of water and go walk up to somebody and put their feet in it. Because there's nothing like it. We struggle with the idea that it's about what you do or what you ate or what day you worshipped on or what, who you hang out with. These are all the struggles. We still have them today. The Pharisees would look at Jesus and say, he, he's with the prostitutes. What on earth is going on? And you would say the same thing today. We still have the same problem. And so Matthew gives us this text so that we can deal with it. So we can hear once and for all Jesus say, it's not the stuff outside of you that you need to worry about. It's in you. That's where it's at. You can be sitting here today and hating your brother and I'll never know. Because I can't see it. But you know. And that is defiling you. It is leaving you powerless to be the man or, or woman God wants you to be because you have this issue. The Bible says very clearly, if I regard iniquity in my heart, God says, I won't hear you. So if I'm holding on to my sin and I'm just pretending like it's not there and then I'm wondering, why isn't the Lord answering my prayers? Because the Lord has already laid on your heart that which needs to be confessed. Amen? It's not what's outside. And we distract ourselves and we look over and we go, do you see what that guy wore at church today? Oh my gosh. Did you see that guy has a tattoo on his face? Oh my goodness. Don't we do that stuff still? Here's, what the, here's, what the, here's how it began in this story. The Pharisees and the scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and they said, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? We are supposed to tuck in our shirts and wear a belt. <laughs> it's not the commandment of God. What is it that, they're, that they are breaking? A tradition of the elders. This does not mean that the disciples never washed their hands. It meant they didn't wash their hands right. Did you know there's rules about washing your hands? Yes, trust me. We are mankind. We can make rules about everything. Right? We have rules upon rules upon rules upon rules, and they had rules. And they're watching the disciples, and they're not doing it the way they're supposed to do it as good Jewish boys. This is the, this is the means, the way you're supposed to do it. And I don't remember the particulars because I don't care, but it had something to do with the water dripping off your pinky with your hands down and then off your elbows with your hands up. <clears throat> Ceremonial cleansing, the tradition of the elders. And their thought was because they're not doing that, 
they're defiled. You know, sometimes, sometimes I think, like, you remember how 7-Up was the uncola? <laughs> sometimes I think I'm the unpastor. I don't know. I have been blessed to see men that most people would say were scary and I, we shouldn't be around them be the holiest men I know. And I've seen guys that look the best. Now, it's not, I'm not saying every time, right? We can get our same weirdness both ways. And I've seen guys that, that look the most clean cut and all put together be, have the biggest issues, biggest problems. That which defiles us is not on the outside. It's on the inside. So they came from Jerusalem and they challenged the disciples. And they said, you're violating our tradition. You're not doing this right. You know, when you come to church, you're supposed to sing a hymn. And then you're supposed to do offering. And then you're supposed to, right? We all have our things, whatever they are. And he's saying, look, you, you're not doing it right. In Colossians 2.8. Paul writes to us to, to not allow these things to dissuade us. Look, it says in verse 8, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. How? According to human tradition. Not following tradition. According to the elemental spirits of the world. That could be elemental like uh, the simple things. Or he may actually be talking about the deeply spiritual issues. Because there, there are spiritual uh, uh, powers behind things, aren't there? The Bible tells us we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers in the darkness of this age, right? So we, we know there's a spiritual reality out there. We don't want to be deceived by those and not according to Christ. If you write in your Bibles, and I encourage you to write in your Bible, one of the things uh, to me that was super helpful for my growth was to scribble all over my Bible. To write in. It's hard to do on your phone. So it's okay. You can use your phone. I put those verses up there too. So, or sometimes. And uh, maybe one day I'll put them up there and start scribbling so you guys can see. But it's good for us to write. Listen, according to Christ. What is it that compels us to walk in holiness is what Christ has laid out for us. The, the guidelines that the Lord God Almighty has given. We want to walk in obedience. We don't want to be like Peter. In those poor examples where he says, no, Lord, we want to be like Peter in the positive examples where he says, yes, Lord, right? So we want to, we want to respond according to what Christ has given us. Now, please understand, Jesus Christ is called in Revelation, God the Word. He is the Word of God in John 1, 1, right? In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we have the reality. Jesus Christ is God the Word. He is God's expression of holiness and righteousness and forgiveness and redemption that you and I can look at, read, understand, comprehend. We want to follow Christ, right? And we may fall short. That's okay. Falling short is not the end. The Bible tells a righteous man falls how many times? Seven times a day. But he gets up again. He don't quit. He gets up and he keeps moving toward Christ. Colossians 2, a little later in verse 20, it says, If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, 
Why as if you are still alive in the world do you submit to regulations? Don't handle, don't taste, don't touch, which all refer to things that perish after they are used. This is the same thing Paul's dealing with that Jesus is talking about in Matthew 15. How you eat, what you eat. What, what, he's like, why are we arguing over food? None of these things are going to make you holier. Are you more holy if you're a vegetarian? No. Are you more holy if you're carnivorous? No. Now, as a carnivore, I tend to think I am. But, you know, <laughs> those are our own hang-ups, right? It, none of, does what I eat change me spiritually? No. No, it doesn't. And that's what he's laying out. According to human precepts and teachings, these have an appearance of wisdom. Listen to this. This has an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion. Self-made. All about who? Self. It's about me. And he's saying, no, 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 no. Our, our, our religion, our service to God is all about him. Who is in the center of the circle as a follower of Jesus Christ? It's not me. It's Jesus. So we are pursuing him. He's central. Not self-made religion and asceticism. Asceticism is like the old monks that would go sit in a cave. And I know of one who sat on a pole for 20 years. Okay, that's a lot of discipline. I could say positive things about that, but that's a waste of 20 years. Did it make you more holy? Asceticism, it, it, this is, these are ways that people think you're more holy because of what you're doing. But we don't want to fall into those traps. Severity to the body, it says they are in no value. They are no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. They're in no value of stopping what is that which defiles you. What you eat, whether you sit in a cave in the dark, you know what's in the cave in the dark with you? You. So you tell me, any of you guys been able to turn off the voice in your head? You know, because sometimes that voice is encouraging, right? I've noticed that voice is encouraging when I'm staying grounded in the word of God. I got my eyes focused on Christ. I, I, but that doesn't mean there's never a discouraging whisper that comes in. Oh, look, you blew it again. Oh, what's wrong with you? You, you know, you, <clears throat> whatever, those discouraging things. And we often say that the, that's the devil whispered in your ear. That's our flesh. And the flesh, like the devil, wants to destroy. And these little rules we develop, they're of no, they're of no help against the indulgence of the flesh. First Peter 1.18, here's what Peter writes. Knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers. When Peter's talking about feudal ways, what feudal ways is he talking about? Who are his forefathers? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all the rules that came through Judaism. He's laying out this idea. You were ransomed by who? The blood of Jesus Christ, right? You've been, you've been, you've been moved from this. Uh, the, these things that you inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but the precious blood of Christ, like a lamb without spot or blemish. Man, the blood of Jesus Christ is able to deliver, amen? So this is the thing. They're coming to him and saying, you're violating 
our traditions. And so Jesus is going to make a point. He wants to expose their inconsistency. Inconsistency is proof of a failed worldview. When we have inconsistency in our thinking, it means our, our worldview is, is uh, faulty. We, we're thinking wrong about something. That's why we get inconsistent. He's going to point out their hypocrisy. He answered and said, why do you break the commandment of God? He's not talking about a tradition, right? He's going to talk about the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition. For God commanded, honor your father and mother. And whoever reviles father or mother must die. It's a simple principle. We see it in Exodus 20, 12. Honor your father and mother in your, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. Now, he's not talking about that you live a long time. He's talking about the fact that if you are honoring your mother and father, I, God, who owns the land you're renting from me, I'll let you stay there longer. I'm going to, I will give you favor in the land. He goes on in Exodus 21, 17, whoever curses his father or mother shall be put to death. So, so God is serious about family. We are full of, how many of us have a dysfunctional family? Right, look, this is, I got one. I got one. Okay, you need to understand that there is a real enemy out there and he wants to destroy family. And if we don't fight for that, it's all going to go. Right? And it's hard. You, you can't do it yourself, but it has to, you have to have, you have to have a, a purpose. I want family. And, and, you know, mostly I would say now we need to focus on first our inner family, ourselves, our uh, husbands and wives together, uh, and then our kids, and then keep letting that circle go outside, all right? And if we have moms and dads, not all of us have moms and dads anymore, you know, they're a part of that, that next circle. We want to do everything we can to help create strong families. That's, currently, the world is trying to destroy those. Trying to destroy, want, want to take all of those down. We don't want to allow them to do that. So Jesus says, why, how come you're not honoring your father and mother? Now, you know that these scribes and Pharisees are full grown, right? So honor your father and mother, it is not just something that happens while you're under 18. Then you get over 18 and you shouldn't honor them anymore. And honoring doesn't mean you always do what your father and mother tell you to do, because sometimes our father and mother don't have godly advice, do they? But we ought always to honor them. They're worth, they, they, they earned honor. Are they perfect? No. Are you? No. Are they a mess? Yeah, I can promise. Let me, I'll give you a little bit of depressing news. If your dad wasn't a good dad, you're going to have to struggle because you're probably going to fall in that same trap. If your mom wasn't a good mom, you're going to struggle. Now, it doesn't mean Jesus Christ can't redeem. Do we believe that Jesus Christ is our redeemer? Is he able to redeem all that? That's right. But we, don't, we need not to pretend that's out there. It's in here. We need Jesus Christ to do that. So he's saying, look, you guys are violating God's law, not human law. <coughs> Here's what they were violating. Look at verse 5. 
If anyone tells his father or mother, what you would have gained for me, I gave to God. He need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you've made void the word of God. So the word of God said to honor. And the example that Jesus gives us in Matthew 15 is that of some, some type of financial help that would have been given to the parents. So the parents would receive some, some level, some measure of financial support from the family. But according to the scribes and the Pharisees, if you made a promise to give that money to God, you don't have to give it to your parents. And Jesus said, that's breaking God's commandment for the traditions of men. And it's not okay. It's, it's, it's not thinking correctly. In fact, in Mark 7, 11, we can read about what they called that. It says, if a man tells his father or mother, whatever you would have gained from me is Corbin. Corbin, maybe you've heard that phrase. It means a uh, gift of God. I, I'm giving, what, why don't you give your own money? No? Well, it is my money. Well, not if it was something that was to be used to help your mom and dad. If you, want, if you want to give something to God, give it out of your pile. Does that not make sense? You know, it's like saying, you know, kids, my kids, let's say, for example, my kids all got Social Security for some reason. And I said, you know, kids, you're getting Social Security, but I'm giving all your Social Security to God. What? Just so you know, that's, that's weird. If you want to give something to God, give it out of your pocket. If you don't want to give something to God, don't give them. That's between you and the Lord. If you ask me, I, tell, I would tell you to tithe. But you didn't ask me, so I won't tell you. But that's, but that's between you and God. You're a steward of what God has given you. The Bible says everything you have, God gave you. Amen? And you're responsible as a steward over everything God gave you. And it's not just money. God gave you children. God gave you a wife. God gave you authority and you're responsible for your stewardship amen so we don't want to we don't this is just kind of a weird idea but they were given a loophole so you don't have to honor your father and mother so jesus says in verse 7 you hypocrites well did isaiah prophesy of you when he said this people honors me with their lips but their heart is far from me so these guys, now here's the point. These guys, these people, Jesus is saying, you think you're clean, but you're dirty. You think you're clean. And you think the disciples are a mess because they didn't let the water drip off their arms right. Whenever we see a brother with a speck in his eye, what does God tell us to do? It says, remove the log out of your own eye first, right? So you can see clearly, it doesn't say not to help your brother get the speck out of his eye. It says, remove the log out of your own eye so you can see clearly. And then you can <coughs> help remove the speck from your brother's eye. Jesus is saying to the Pharisees, you got a big old log sticking out of your eye. You guys are unclean. In fact, Isaiah said, with your lips, you say all the holy things, but with your life, you're disobedient to what God's word has called you to. We can say all the right things with our lips. In verse nine, in vain do they worship me, teaching his doctrines and commandments of men. They're making up their own religion. 
Here's what you need to do. Well, I know God's word says this, but you don't have to do that part. Just do this part. Teaching as doctrine the commandments of men. Isaiah 29, 13. Here's what Isaiah wrote. Because this people draws near with their mouth and honors me with their lips while their hearts are far from me. Where is that which defiles them? Is it the outside stuff? Where is it? It's inside in the heart. It's inside in the heart. What is the problem with them not wanting to honor their mother and father? Where's that problem? Is it outside of them? Is it outside like where, where the Lord would say, well, you should honor them. You should care for your parents as they enter into that time period or time frame in which they need your care. <clears throat> is it the outside stuff or was it in their heart? Because in their heart, I don't really want to do that. So I need a loophole. You get what I'm saying? They want to they be able to get away. Ezekiel 33, verse 31 says, And they come to you as people come, and they sit before you as my people, and they hear what you say, but they will not do it. They hear what you say, but they will not do it. Why? For with lustful talk in their mouths they act. Their heart is set on gain. Where's the problem? Outside or inside? Inside. Jeremiah declared our heart is desperately wicked, right? Deceitful to the core. So where do we need cleansed? Oh, man, don't we? Don't we? We need the heart cleansed. These men needed their heart cleansed. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 1, the Lord declares, hey, stop bringing me your offering. Stop doing all this outward show and let's start having some inward conversation, right? We, well, I, I need to do something for the church. I, I haven't done, I, I, you know, my life has been a little whack. God doesn't want you to come do something for the church. God wants you to talk to him. Phil's got a great opportunity for prayer. I think we have another prayer meeting on that, that Tuesday night. We had a prayer meeting last Tuesday night. We have opportunities to gather in prayer. You don't need a meeting to come to pray. You can pray wherever you are. Can't